Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. Happy holidays. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez Brownlee. And I'm Andrew Manganelli. And uh, it's right after Christmas right now. We're going to do a sort of a, a wrap up, an end of the year, technically end of the decade, but also some people <laughs> say 2021 is the beginning of the new decade. But also, we just started our podcast this year, so end of the decade makes it sound... Uh, yeah, it makes it sound really grand. More impressive. But it is It is the end of last... It's the last podcast of 2019. And so we're going to be diving into the nitty gritty of like the two big videos and concepts that ended our year, mm -hmm. which was the blind smartphone camera test of 2019. Yeah. The big one. <laughs> and the Everyone's 2019. Favorite, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the smartphone awards, yeah. which uh, was the last big video. And since we're spending this whole episode going over these two episodes, I think I would suggest if you're listening to this and you haven't seen those two videos yet, go ahead and check them out. There yeah. will be spoilers, of course, because we're going to talk about all that stuff here. Um, they're not just two of the most looked forward to videos of the year, but honestly, probably two of the most fun. So check them out. Uh, we start planning them like soon as phones start coming yeah, out like, during the year. I feel like August, right before smartphone season, we're like, well, well with what we know, yeah. what, what would be your choice right now? And then every month is like, has anything changed? And it keeps evolving. Yeah. yeah. And the blind smartphone test is just, it's chaos every time. Oh, yeah. So we'll dive into both. Um, but before we get into those, how was your holiday? It was great. It was you nice getting, and relaxing. Yeah. You get anything good? Uh, yeah, uh, actually, I did get something tech related Ooh. from Claire. I have a smartwatch now. Nice. And what is that? Uh, it's a circle face. Garmin Vivo Active 3. So I think this is actually last year's model, but they went like crazy on sale. The I Garmin's are like always, bucks. they're always really good with the fitness tracking and yeah, that sort I, of thing. Yeah, that's definitely what she got it for. Like we go hiking a lot and I go climbing and that's, uh, that's way more what I'm interested in. Yeah. It's, I haven't really gotten much time to try it though yet. So Kevin O'Leary we'll, would be uh, very, would be so very, angry. Even more upset than an He'd Apple Watch, so mad. I think. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to try it and uh, I look forward to it. Nice. Uh, did you get anything good or give anything good? I, I, I was given some good tech gifts. I'm always the guy you expect a tech gift from. Mm -hmm. I think it was just, uh, there was a really great tweet from Dieter from The Verge. Okay. Who's like, oh. tweet me your <laughs> photos of uh, some accessories or gadgets you got that are powered by micro USB. And I didn't realize that, but there's still so oh, yeah. many things powered by. I got a, I got a little white noise machine because I always oh, like did to, you? I sleep oh. with like a fan on because that's like the best version of it yeah. to me, but every white noise machine you can buy is powered by micro USB. Huh. It's hilarious. So uh, yeah, shout That's out to fun. everyone who got a micro USB powered gadget this holiday season. Yeah, I also, I feel like I found a great like secret Santa party gift that's tech related and actually useful. See, that's the thing is- That's tough. If you do secret Santa, do you wanna give something useful or do you wanna give something like totally absurd? So I like to give a good okay. tech thing. Um, you can get the Google Home Mini, the non-Nest version for 25 bucks on like Best Buy or everything oh, now because they're, always on they're just trying to get rid of it because it's Nest Mini or Nest Home, whatever now. Mm. Um, 25 bucks might be kind of an expensive secret Santa, but it's not totally unheard of. And it's a great little gift for people. You I can think. turn a random person's home into a smart home yeah. with uh, 25 with bucks in a small of, box. Yeah, 25 bucks. It's hard to beat that, I nice. think. Yeah. All right, good shout out to that. Uh, all right, I think we just jump right in. Let's get right into the big ones. We'll do blind smartphone camera test first. Yeah. Okay, so for those who are unfamiliar with the concept, the blind smartphone camera test is this big concept where, okay, every smartphone that comes out this year has a camera, and they're all pretty good at different things. We all kind of know the best ones are gonna be the Pixel and the iPhone and the Samsung phones and the Huawei phones, but why not just put them all against each other and put them online 
and let people vote against them, but don't tell them which one's which mm -hmm. and see what people vote for without knowing what they're voting for. And so because we have a, a huge bracket of 16 phones, it sort of removes all the bias and it's just exciting. It's like a March Madness Yeah, style. it's March Madness. Like first round, whoever gets the most votes moves on. There's always upsets, always crazy things. The first year we ever did it was last year. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's these crazy upsets. I last put the, year was kind of nutty. Yeah. It was it was wild. I think that both the pixels we put in and both the iPhones we put in all got knocked out on the first mm -hmm. round, which is insane. So we tried to be, I don't know. I don't say, I want to say scientific. We're not very no, scientific no, about it, but- very opposite of scientific, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's a fun thing, but we try to be consistent and include like, mm -hmm. oh, let's see, this is things you typically take photos of. Like, you know, it's gonna be an iPhone, an Instagram photo, sorry. So you wanna have like a picture of a person, mm -hmm. maybe a, a, a landscape, a sky in the background, stuff like that. Yeah, and then we like take that and give it a couple extra little variables where a phone might be able to prevail over another phone because so many phones are so good now, like, when you're seeing them on social media sites, it's hard to tell what they are. So like, yeah. I think for example, I believe the first one was a picture of you, but we had all these colorful chairs we Colors. put in the background. So you had like great dynamic range with the clouds in the background and you had all different colors in the background. So yeah. it kind of gives you a couple different things to look at and, and observe and yeah. then pick your favorite. And then pick your favorite. I think a lot of people are just shotgunning it, just like, which one looks better? Two seconds, yeah. move on, not even two seconds. I, but I mean, when you scroll through Instagram, that's, that's how fast that's you look at a photo. That's the user experience, yeah. Yeah, so that's what we did. We put it on Instagram, we put it on Twitter, and uh, we got our results again, and again, spoiler, we're just gonna talk about all the stuff that oh, happened yeah. in the videos. Galaxy Note 10 Plus uh, was the winner yeah, in the finals over, <laughs> over the Samsung Galaxy S10e. So yeah. we did have some consistency. We had two Samsung phones making it to the end this year. And a lot of interesting stuff happening in between. So where do we yeah. even start? Also, before that, we did a, we all guessed. We oh, did we our, own our own brackets. Or I don't think Brandon was here, but Vin picked the winner. He got Vin's the, note the only 10. one. Yeah. Yeah. I had a Note 10, but it was the me Note 10. <laughs> I was <laughs> yeah. really hoping 103 megapixels would pull through, but I was very wrong. First about round that. exit oh, with yeah. the eventual winner there. Yeah. I forgot what I picked, but I was not, uh, I didn't have a good time either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's tough to pick what you think people will vote for. Okay. Yeah. So. First round, we actually, there's a results list. We'll, we'll put this in the show notes where someone was nice enough to compile uh, before I even did. So when the video came out, all of the rounds, all of the winners and the percents that each phone won by. So you can see what photo you voted for if you look back and you can see how much it might've won or lost by. And when you look back at this, there's actually some pretty interesting findings. Yeah, I think everyone watches the video and sees what the uh, the two winners are or the two finalists are and just sure. neglects all the other rounds. And there's some, like I remember in round two, all of us texting each other at night after we went home and be like, oh my God, like, or round one, I think the big one, round one first, first matchup was OnePlus 7T versus Asus Zenfone 6. Zenfone 6. And it's like, I remember us all thinking like, we don't know the Zenfone camera that well. We haven't used it too long. OnePlus we know really well, and OnePlus has done pretty good in these. So, And then Zenfone just destroyed it. Okay, Zenfone 6, in my opinion, took the best photo in the first round. Yeah, it better was- Better than the Pixel, better than the iPhone. Amazing. Better than all the other phones in the first round. So if you go back and look at it, uh, this is, it's crazy, because I'm gonna go back and try to tell you what letter it is, but B. It's B, yeah. <laughs> it's B. It took the best photo, in my opinion. The most balanced, the best colors, best dynamic range, and detail was solid. Uh, so it crushed the OnePlus 7T in the first round. 
Then it came up against the Huawei Mate 30 Pro, kind of what you'd consider a one seed, like a favorite. Yeah, I mean, it won last year. It's hard not to rank yeah, it Yeah, the up Mate there. 20 Pro won last year. Uh, it lost in that round by uh, 10%. That's, yeah, and that was the closest uh, matchup out of any round in the entire bracket. Yeah, so that I think was one of the notables that impressed me the most. And I'd be curious to see if it didn't have to face the Mate 30 Pro, maybe if it was in a different side of the bracket, mm -hmm. could it have beat Samsung? Could it have made it to the finals? I would I, be interested like in it. putting it up against, so what's funny is we actually have, we, after the first round, took photos with every single phone after this, and then just mm -hmm. didn't use the ones we didn't need. So we do have a photo of the Roadster and could put it against the Note 10. Yeah, I would be super interested to see how it did versus the Note 10. I think both of us agreed we still think Note 10 would win. I think the Note would have um, beaten it still, but I think it's. Re I learned a lot about the Zenfone 6, how good that phone is, and we'll talk about mm -hmm. that more later in the show too in the Smartphone Awards, but uh, that thing flips around and it becomes your selfie camera. So in theory, that's the that's, best selfie camera in the game right now. Yeah, I don't think a selfie camera could really beat that yeah. if it's doing that well on its main and it's also a selfie. Yeah, so big props to that. Here's another thing, uh, the biggest victory margin of any of the rounds was your Mi Note 10 losing in the first round mm -hmm. to the S10e. The 103 <laughs> megapixel phone it, losing. The thing is we wanted to do a, a very consistent job of just pointing, tapping, and shooting in mm -hmm. every single round. And uh, the one thing that we didn't do that with was the Mi Note 10 where we pointed, switched to 108 megapixel mode, and then shot just because we we're using that phone because of the 108 megapixel yeah. sensor. So we we give that a shot, but I think most people will just use pixel binning mode most of the time. Mm -hmm. So it did not the best job of exposing and it was a much darker photo and we know we know how that yeah. goes. It might be it might be the worst photo in round 1 and that's against the FlexPy. It's like <laughs> the, down there with the FlexPy. I'm going to say the FlexPy was worse. Yeah. Because okay. the FlexPy both <laughs> underexposed when you, when you, and overexposed. <laughs> that the was the best photo. comment on Twitter. Yeah. Um I would say on like Instagram stories, you could probably put the Note 10 next to FlexPy because you're getting a compressed and then halved compress in stories. So like FlexPy, when you look at the the full res of that, you're like, like this is trash. Yeah, this was the iPhone one. This <laughs> it I, was very bad. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about including the the original iPhone in here, and we opted to do the FlexPy instead as the gag phone. Mm -hmm. And I think the the original iPhone could have maybe won a round if it was up if against, was against the Mi Note Flex 10 Pi. or Mi Note. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, awesome. that was a, that was another interesting fact. I got a I got a nice email I want to talk about, and I'm not going to say who it's from, mm -hmm. but it came from someone at Google who was very involved with the Pixel uh, camera, who had some interesting words about how basically this test could be improved to be maybe more scientific. I'm uh -huh. using air quotes, so <laughs> scientific, like we're not trying to make a super scientific test, but the information was interesting because one of the things he claims is that through all of their testing with Google's camera, they know that people don't actually tap on the subject of their photo most of the time. They just open the camera app and hit the shutter. And I thought that was fascinating. Do you tap on the subject? Yeah, we when we were reading this email, I remember you saying that, and I was like, "Huh, that's really interesting." And then I thought to myself, like, "Who are people I know that, yeah, um, I wouldn't consider like smartphone enthusiasts that take a lot of pictures?" And exactly. it's my mom and it's Claire's mom. Okay. And when I thought about it, both of them tap faces. They that's do. like something that they both do. So okay. I asked some people, and they they I had a mixed bag. Some people said, okay. "No, I never tap. I just take huh. the shutter." And some people said, "Yeah, if it's like." If it's close to the camera, then mm -hmm. you want to make sure you nail the focus on the foreground and not the background. Yeah. So you sort of help it out by mm -hmm. tapping the subject. But other than that, like just I could 
I mean, first of all, he's the one with the actual statistics. Right. He knows better than we do. Yeah, that's why um, I thought it was so fascinating. So, yeah, we have a much smaller sample size, but I could definitely see like if somebody was just picking the camera up and everything looked in focus at first, why tap anything? Right. Um, but I guess with a picture closer up, you have more of a chance of the phone assuming something else is in focus and then you have to fix it. Yeah. So maybe people tap more on something like that, but it makes sense that here's, there's probably a lot of people who don't tap. Here's the reason I tap to focus. I have a darker skin tone and every time you tap to expose uh -huh. on like when I'm taking a picture of my hand or, or of my face or something like that, it always adjusts the exposure Mm -hmm. to get my face in best exposure. Yeah. Now, a lot of these, if you just point it at me and take the photo, my face will be underexposed and the sky behind me will look great. So that's why we made a point to for every single one to tap my face yeah. so that it got my face because it's a photo of my face. Yeah. And then sometimes it would blow out the background and we got some interesting results as a, re as a result of that. But I'd be curious if we didn't tap on my face mm -hmm. on those photos, how different might it have gone? We I would be interested know. if we put two people in with totally different skin tones yeah. and didn't tap a face. Oh, like, that would be, yeah. There are just so many variables and, and we get it. People have sent us a million variables, but no matter what we do, we're not gonna be able to combat <laughs> all of the different variables. Here's, and, here's an idea I really like though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pool play. Yeah. And if we had maybe some more days to do this, because we were really crunching up against the mm -hmm. end of the year, but for those unfamiliar, you probably know what pool play is, but I'll just ex explain. Right now, it's March Madness style. One game, whoever gets the most votes moves on. Yeah. And so we it's have exciting. so many variables. It's so exciting, and that's uh -huh. what really makes it good. But if we wanted to make it, here comes the air quotes again, more scientific, huh. I guess what we would do is we would have sort of pool play where there's like three or four phones in a pool, and then they would all compete against each other in multiple rounds, mm -hmm. and the winner of the most rounds would advance out of that pool. Yeah, so pretty much... We would, I'm assuming, initially seed the phones how we think they should do. And yeah. then each pool would have, like, the first pool would have, like, the first seed, the fourth or fifth seed. You'd have, like, like, the iPhone 11 Pro, seed. and then you'd have, like, the OnePlus 7T, the Zenfone, and the FlexPi. And yeah. then they'd all have several different photos uh -huh. to compete against each other to rack up votes to really definitely get the winner. Yeah, and then the winner of that based on the winner of each pool, you get a correct seeding out to go into the bracket play. Right. So then pretty much you're quote unquote guaranteeing that a good phone doesn't have a hard matchup in the first round because they earn their matchup already. Right, so we wouldn't be guessing which one we think yeah. would be more powerful. So it's another thing that's like, sure. It's a little <laughs> more fair, but it's still really not fair at all. Um, this, <laughs> this thing was never supposed to be fair. It uh, was just, a, I love the idea last year and that's why we did it again. And I think maybe next year we will, we'll mix it up a bit. Maybe we'll do like a portrait mode thing or a night mm -hmm. mode or throw in some other ideas, but I had a lot of fun with it. So yeah, uh, pool play sounds great in terms of fairness. That was actually Rene Ritchie who said that. And I can't believe neither of us thought of that because we've both played ultimate for so many years. And that is like literally <laughs> how weekend. you play every weekend is pool play into bracket yeah. play. Um, so thanks Rene. He was on Twit TV. Why everyone else was complaining about it. He was actually giving useful information. So appreciate that. We appreciate you, Rene. <laughs> right. um, so then in terms of fairness though, we have another thing that like people keep mentioning, which is oh boy, compressed photos on social media. Right. So like, uh, this is the one that irks me the most because we talked about this last year and just like, first of all, I think my main gripe is that, sure, we could put this on Flickr, but 
who's going on Flickr every day and like <laughs> finding photos? Like, I personally want every photo to be uploaded in the highest resolution yeah. possible, uncompressed, so that it takes a couple minutes for me to download it, but I can appreciate it in its glory and I can see what you had for lunch on Instagram and high res. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, this is the one thing is like, oh, well, if you really want us to see which one's better, why don't you upload them in high resolution so that we can pixel peep and go back and forth and then pick a winner? And the point of that was, this isn't scientific. This is where most people see yeah. the most photos in their life. Think about that, in your life, Twitter and Instagram and, and social media. I would argue that 99% of the video, the pictures you see are, I guess, Reddit also, but like yeah. Instagram and Twitter is where most people see their photos and they're compressed. Um, so when I kept seeing needs to be fair, needs to be fair, I think the only way we could make this totally fair is if we found the five people who had like perfectly calibrated, like four plus K monitors oh, the and then displays. we could, yeah, yeah. Like think about even if we did this high res, what if somebody's looking on, uh, like an iPhone XR or, or something with a smaller resolution, or if they're looking on Samsung or Huawei that has like its vivid colors on its display, like. Nobody is looking at these photos with a perfectly calibrated display and being able to see exactly what they are. So we're putting it in a natural environment and that's how people are voting. And that's, that's totally okay. Yeah, that's pretty much the point. Some people will have this on their iPhone. Some people will have this on their Pixel or on their Samsung phone. This, all their levels will be different. Some mm -hmm. people will have a Pro Display XDR and they'll yeah. vote on Twitter on their desktop. All of this stuff gets counted and all of this stuff contributes to a winner. So, so I don't mind that. I think we're gonna keep doing it that way. But the benefit of doing it the same way is I think we heard something about Twitter's potentially offering Oh, yeah. higher quality or full res photos okay soon? this was announced this was announced while we were in the middle of our yeah. photos so we didn't really want to stop and start over but twitter i think st either starting now or starting at the beginning of 2020 is going to to allow you to view full-size uncompressed jpegs awesome. in the image viewer so in the preview window it'll still be small but okay. when you click to open it a jpeg will be uncompressed and awesome. much higher quality and better looking so maybe the smartphone awards will benefit from that yeah or, sorry the blind camera test will benefit mm -hmm. from that next year yeah, so. which is awesome because then you get it on a platform that people actually look at. And sure, now some people get to get a higher res version, um, but we'll, we're still going to do it on Instagram and it's not going to be weighted because a lot of people look at photos on Instagram. Yes, Instagram just... votes. I mean, I have more followers on Twitter, but Instagram votes were definitely, yet again, about twice as much as Twitter. Wow, uh, I didn't know it was that much. Yeah, it was about three and a half million total votes on Instagram and about two million total votes on Twitter. Yeah. So How many as far Flickr? as like, I mean, Instagram is an image hosting website, yeah. so that's where you get it. Um, I, I bet if I did it on a Flickr, we'd probably have about a thousand total votes. So you could count them, but they wouldn't really sway anything. No, no. So there you go. Well, yeah, okay, that's pretty much it. Uh, big congrats. Shout out to the Galaxy Note 10 for fair and square pulling off a win and beating... In the finals, it's same exact camera brother, <laughs> literally because of you saw the video. It, yeah. it's because of the the color of the phone. I was at a I was at a promo event for Retrotech, so I was like figuring out who was winning during the last couple hours, and I was like, all right, it's gonna be Samsung versus Samsung. I'll just take some random photo because it's <laughs> the same camera. It doesn't matter. I took it through a window, and the reflection of the pink Galaxy S10e cast a little magenta in the bottom half of that image and people picked up on that and actually voted mm -hmm. for the one that didn't have magenta in it so good job guys who were voting and uh y'all picked galaxy note 10 so shout out to the note 10 all right uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll hop back in to the smartphone awards support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity 
but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for Waveform comes from Coda. So it can be tough to stay organized when your team is spread across time zones. With Coda, you can help keep your whole team on the same page with an all-in-one collaborative workspace that brings together the best of documents, spreadsheets, and apps into one platform. That means less time ping-ponging between different tabs and tools and more time on your projects. So with Coda's extensive planning capabilities, you can stay aligned when managing planning cycles and while measuring objectives and key results. Plus, you can access hundreds of templates and get inspired by others in Coda's gallery. So over 50,000 teams across the world collaborate with Coda, from the New York Times to Square, uh, from Toast to TED and Uber. So if you want a platform that enables and empowers your team to collaborate effectively and focus on shared goals, you can get started with Coda today for free. You can head over to coda.io slash wave. So that's coda, C-O-D-A dot I-O slash wave to get started for free. Coda.io forward slash wave. All right, welcome back. So the Smartphone Awards 2019. Yeah. Always a fun one. So uh-huh. this is uh, this is our awards. We I started this back in 2014 with a couple phones on my desk and mm-hmm. just telling what my favorite phones of the year were. And it slowly evolved year over year into this this like Event. video it's like this recap this yeah. big grand recap it's so much fun though um of the entire like every category of phone that came out this year and uh we did it again in 2019 and it was uh, i'll just go ahead and read to you right off the top all of the winners of each category and we're going to sort of descend into each one and yeah. we we did a little fun polling thing on twitter that we'll get into but here's here's the winners for 2019 best big phone asus rog phone 2 best compact smartphone Samsung Galaxy S10e, and every category, by the way, has runner-ups. Uh-huh, it's uh, Best smartphone camera, iPhone 11 Pro and 11 Pro Max. Best smartphone battery, Asus ROG Phone 2, 6,000 milliamp hour battery. Best, or we just call this the design award, Samsung Galaxy Fold. Best budget phone, Redmi K20 Pro. Biggest bust, Google Pixel 4. Most Improved Award, Asus ROG Phone 2. And MVP, Smartphone of the Year, OnePlus 7 Pro. So now that I've gone through all that list, <laughs> you've yeah. probably had your thoughts, of course. And there's, I go through like the reasoning for every single one of these uh, in the video. And then we have our runner-ups, and there's also new reasons for the runner-ups, and we sort of detail each category. But that's, that's surface level where we're at. Yeah. So I feel like everyone's sort of calibrated mm-hmm. in. 
So because this has turned into so much of a, a community thing, of course, everyone else has their own different picks and different choices for their favorite smartphone of the year. And everyone has their own unique perspective too. I'm a person sitting at the desk with all 38 phones in front of me yeah. and other people have had certain phones they really like. So because of that, we get tons of responses and tons of comments and everyone has their own reasoning why maybe it should have been a bit different. Maybe we mm -hmm. should have had a different winner here or a different honorable mention. I think there are some pretty big snubs and I kind yeah. of look at it the same way you might look at maybe like NBA all-star voting, which is like just starting up right now. Uh -huh. But like there's always gonna be snubs. Yeah. There's always gonna be people who barely get in uh, and, and obvious favorites. But from that, we actually polled you guys on Twitter from the Waveform Twitter at WVFRM. And we of course have some comments from, from other videos and Reddit too about uh, some legit different ways this could have gone. So yeah, we'll we, go through the categories and look through them. We want you guys to, we wanted you guys to pretty much argue with us. Um, Cause I, <laughs> I mean, hey, it's fun and I yeah. get it. People uh, people think things should have won um, and we're here to defend our choices and possibly agree with you and possibly disagree with now, you. Now I'll caveat this on the top of all of it. These are all my personal picks and you could probably sway me about some honorable mentions. I think I have a biggest snub and we'll, we'll get into those mm -hmm. and see what other people say. But uh, these, I'm, it's my show, so I'm like, I'm giving the awards that I feel the strongest about. So I think I nailed it, but we'll see how you feel. And we'll yeah. see how everyone else feels. All right. So first, uh, first category was best big phone, Asus ROG Phone Two. This one, I, I gave the runner-up to Galaxy Note 10 Plus. Yeah. And I could see how anyone would be swayed that Note 10. Uh, I think if it did win, that would have been maybe the third year in a row at one best I, big phone. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Note 8 Note 9, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think ROG Phone 2 cleaned up. It had every single thing you could ask for, short yeah. of a stylus, uh, and put higher refresh rate on top of that, higher refresh rate OLED, and it just, it has to beat Note 10. And kept the headphone jack. And I, kept the I headphone jack. I think Note 10 losing headphone jack, I still think ROG Phone has more features. Losing the headphone jack on the Note 10 was like a big, downside this year that a lot of people were pretty upset about and it's yeah. hard to lose something when the phone's so big already. Here's another thing. I was originally really hot on Notes winning the best big phone because they also historically have done the best job of software for big features. They were some okay. of the only ones and the, some of the first ones to do like split screen apps. Okay. So when the Note was younger, they were really leaning into like, look how big this screen is. You can have four apps open at once. You can multitask like crazy, use a stylus to do whatever you want. And I was like, there's no doubt this is the best big phone experience. They're yeah. giving you everything here. But this year, it sort of leaned back into hardware. And if you look at the spec sheet, Snapdragon 855 Plus, 12 gigs of RAM, 120 hertz, 6.3 inch OLED, dual front-facing speakers, underrated. You don't see that a lot uh -huh. anymore. And you know all this other gaming stuff, 6,000 milliamp hour battery. That is like, to me, I have a big phone and I want it to last forever. Yeah. And like 6,000 milliamp hour battery is just absolutely crazy it's to me. two times some other phones that came it's, out this yeah. year you got a terabyte of flash storage you had all this other stuff so i think it didn't have quite as much software features as the note it doesn't mm -hmm. have a stylus clearly um but when you put all that hardware together with a headphone jack and the huge battery it's uh best big phone for me yeah and that's there, nothing against the note 10 it's oh no the note 10's incredible but asus up. knocked it out of the park this year with that phone um and it deserved, I think it deserved it. Here's my biggest snub of the year, I think. I think if this All was right. like, because I, I think it could have been in this discussion. Samsung Galaxy S10, and in this case, specifically S10 Plus. Okay. 
Uh, and this will be a recurring theme because they were like right on the brink of a lot of these. It's not quite as good of a big phone as the Note. Yeah. And and I'll bring it up again later, but I think S10 Plus was going to feel like a pretty big snub in some of these categories. Yeah. So just bringing it up now. We'll come back to it. Cool. But uh, did anyone else, did anyone have any big disagreements with this category? For big phone? No. I think it was anyone who disagreed with it thought Note 10 Plus. Okay. Well, there we have it. Two best big phones of the year right there. All right. So the next up category, best compact smartphone and i had galaxy s10e as the winner for that and our, our runner-up was iphone 11 pro so where are we at on that all right uh so someone named sam had a response to that actually let's hear it let's play it so i think the iphone 11 pro should have won the best compact phone since it is a small phone in relative terms which is kind of the criteria i don't know how the S10e would have won when iPhone 11 Pro has better specs overall as well as better cameras. Well, depending on the blind smartphone test, that might not be true. But anyways, I feel like iPhone 11 Pro was robbed for best compact phone. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I think that, and we're going to see a lot of top twos for this, this as a theme, yeah. but I could be convinced iPhone 11 Pro could be best compact phone over the S10e. But it's interesting when you say specs because you have the A11, which I'll give the edge to the iPhone, but mm-hmm. you have more RAM in the Samsung phone. You have a bigger phone and a high, is it a higher resolution? I have to double check on resolution, but you have a bigger screen in a small phone on the S10e. You have a bigger battery on the S10e and you have expandable storage on the S10e and you have a headphone jack on the S10e. Mm-hmm. So does the iPhone really have better specs? Um, I'd really say it just comes down to experience, though, and the yeah. iPhone 11 Pro is a full-on flagship. Like, it has all uh-huh. the cameras and everything. That's the hard thing sometimes is to compare experience through iOS and Android because that can get down to True. really, really relative to the person who enjoys yeah, it. Yeah, for a lot of people, the iPhone 11 Pro is obviously the better choice because mm-hmm. they're in that world and they're in that ecosystem, and that's why it's got runner-up, too, is because it's such a good option. Um, so, yeah, I'll say you could convince me iPhone 11 Pro uh, but I just I really liked a lot of the little subtle things Samsung did with the S10e. The fingerprint reader yeah. on the right on that button, like on the smaller phone where it's reachable and super fast, that was dope to me. So yeah, that was great. little stuff like that. So also, yes, it did happen to get to the finals of the blind smartphone camera <laughs> test. So uh, yeah, that's that's your top two for sure. Yeah. All right. Next up was best camera. This one I don't think you can sway me. This uh, one I th- it's fine because I don't think anyone argued. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Honestly. I'm I'm a lock for this one iPhone 11 Pro, uh, runner-up being Pixel 4, and I gave honorable mentions to Huawei Mate 30 Pro mm-hmm. and uh. and the Note 10 Plus for winning okay, the blind yeah, smartphone yeah. camera test. Um, but overall, iPhone 11 Pro took a really solid jump up with photos this year. Yeah. Now, Pixel did, in my opinion, take sometimes better photos. Like, I'd prefer the photo from the Pixel side-by-side uh-huh. side with the iPhone, like, pretty often. Um, but I would gladly take a photo from each if I also get, in addition, an ultra-wide, a better mic, and significantly better video, 4K60, like all the stuff the Pixel didn't do in the video world, the iPhone crushed it there. Yeah. So I think I remember in previous years, I would give out a winner, and then I would also give an honorable mention for video. Mm -hmm. I think I just wrapped it all up this year. Like, the iPhone is just a better camera now in every way. Yeah, I think we've discussed a lot since we've gotten the Pixel 4 and the iPhone 11 in-house. It's just like, now the camera is sometimes iPhone does better in this scenario and sometimes Pixel does better in that scenario. So like the camera stills are 
pretty much even. I know you prefer the Pixel a little bit, probably because the pictures it takes are the pictures you like better or what it excels in Yeah, you like better. Yeah. So like for you, that's a better, better still photo. But now that the stills are better and then iPhone is just light years ahead of, Miles of ahead. pixels, uh, it's it was the obvious winner. Yeah, the video world you have to you have to take account of, and that ultra wide. I even think if the Pixel had an ultra wide, which I would have loved to see, it still would have gone to the iPhone for video. So, yeah, I think that that's a pretty unanimous one there. iPhone 11 Pro is the smartphone camera of the year for 2019. Yeah. So uh, then we move to best budget phone. That this is the hardest one. This for is me. obviously the hardest for everybody. I feel like this was the yeah. most we've gotten of it should have been this, it should have been that. Or, okay. I, I mean, like an. On through a couple, we have a couple of videos that people sent us. Um, okay. Most of them are agreeing on the same thing, but this is one where people on Reddit and on Twitter are like, "This should have been it. This should have been it. This should have been it." All right, then let's hit that. So I have Redmi K20 Pro as yeah. the winner and Pixel 3a as the close runner-up. Yeah. So let's see. First, we have. I'm assuming most people are going to try to convince me that Pixel 3a should have been the unanimous winner. Very much so. Okay. Yeah. All right. What is going on, Mr. Marquez Brownlee? Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is John. I've got a small tech YouTube channel. Every year I give a smartphone award to a qualifying smartphone that makes it a best buy of that given year. This year I gave it to the Google Pixel 3a because Google and Best Buy work together to leak the phone and make it available at affordable prices all year round at Best Buy stores. I think you can get the Pixel 3a $100 off if you have Sprint. That deal's been going on for a long time. Uh, nonetheless, this is a $399 phone with an awesome camera and great software features. This is why I gave it the Best Buy of 2019. Did you say Best Buy collaborated with Google to leak the phone? Yeah, I wasn't really sure about that. Interesting. Part, but, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, I just want to say right off the top, a lot of, uh, especially with price, what I talk about is biased towards the launch price. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, the Pixel did launch for $399. Um, and he mentioned it was working with Sprint to give, I'm sure they had some some deals where you could trade in or you could pay it over time and it would be less expensive. Um, but I'm just generally going with Google's launch price of $399. And we had the Redmi K20 Pro launching for a, a rough equivalent of about $300. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I'll say, because I didn't say this in the Smartphone Awards video, but a big part of the reason why I weighted the K20 Pro over the Pixel 4 is not just a $100 cheaper price, mm-hmm. which is a 66% difference, yeah. but it is a, it's a better performer. Okay. And this came from the specs they, they chose to use and the, and the choices they made. So this was a, a little bit of a higher end chip, some more RAM, and it was a bit of a more responsive phone. And the Pixel obviously went with a lower end chip, higher end camera, and the, they sort of skimped a bit on build quality. And build quality, not as important to me. No, that, Some people might like, you know, the glass on the K20 Pro more. But really, it's just the Pixel was not a very fast phone for a lot of people. And that's fine. It's a fine phone. It's not yeah. fast. But the K20 Pro for 300 bucks was actually a pretty good performer. Mm-hmm. Um, not the best camera, clearly, but decent enough. The K20, like, in hand, and if you were walking around with it, would, like, feel and look more like a flagship phone because of three cameras on the back, a glass back, and... Everything about it just felt like you weren't spending $300. It felt like you were spending $700, where the Pixel 3a is, it's plastic and it's slower. It's, it's not bad. It's fantastic. And like, honestly, I would probably pick that over the, the K20 if I were personally buying a phone just because yeah. 
I like the camera and I like that stock Google. Yeah, that's a great question. Which one would I personally buy if I only had, you know, 400 bucks to buy a phone? I, hmm, that's actually a tough one. I'd be swayed a little closer to Pixel, Mm -hmm. but I still think the reason I like (laughs) K20 Pro, it's basically just mimicking a high-end flagship phone and and it's doing the best possible job of it. Another one I included, I had some honorable mentions, OnePlus 7T, which was like right in that middle ground of 700 bucks, but also uh, the Motorola One Hyper, which did the same thing. It has this full screen display, huge screen, pop-up camera, like nice back, and it's really just mimicking as best as it can like a really nice high-end phone with a flashy design. Like that's what they're trying to do. So K20 Pro got really close, did some really good stuff in that $100 lower price. And of course they both go down over time, but that's my justification. But of course, you know, people like their pixels and I think I, I understand that software experience is really important. Uh, hello, this is me replying to what you posted about Twitter. Um, I think that your most affordable one was wrong. I think that it should have been, well, you said that the they're really close, but I think that the Pixel 3a should have actually been the one because even though it's more, the Pixel 3a is more expensive, I think it's a better quality it's a better price for what you get with it. I think it's a better quality and more, more a phone that more people will um, go to than Redmi than going with the Redmi. Got it. I think a lot of this is going to be like almost personal preference, similar yeah. to the way the iPhone could have won in a previous category. If you value camera, yeah, this is easily the best quality camera you can get for the money. Like it's the Pixel 3's camera, but it's half the price. So he's right about that. So I'm with you on that and thank you for that submission. But yeah, I I think if you just want to use the overall quality word, you have to think about hardware quality too. Mm -hmm. And uh, Pixel 4's hardware quality wasn't quite as good. So yeah, it's it's all the factors, but there are also personal decisions where you wouldn't necessarily always want to use the winner. That's the funny part. I wouldn't necessarily want to pick the winner of some of my categories yeah. as the phone I choose over another phone. But you have to respect category. the decisions they're making that got them to exactly. be the top of that category. Yeah, I think for more people on planet Earth, Redmi K20 Pro is a better buy. Yeah, but we are also biased towards the US where I bet you in the US, obviously Google's 3A is going to sell absolutely far better. Yeah, so I'll, I'll asterisk that and I'll say the Pixel 3A for more people in the US is probably a better buy. Um, for sure. But if you're if you're just going for straight value and consider all of planet Earth, where Redmi Redmi killed it this year in oh, value, yeah. uh, you have to look at K20 Pro. So I think if you're if you're in the U.S., go ahead and switch those two. So it's, it's interesting. So you would you would take the Pixel, I'm assuming, over the K20 Pro if you're buying one of the two. Yes, and that's most likely due to bias of using past Pixel devices and and liking True. my Be being a Pixel guy right yeah. now. Okay, so what if I'm going to give you an imaginary phone? Uh huh. Both at 400 bucks. Okay. Would you take a Pixel 4a that had a great camera and terrible performance? Not that it's terrible, but yeah. would you take that or a Pixel 4a with great design and performance, but the camera takes a step down? So you're looking at like uh, uh you're looking at like an iPhone level like really nice shiny hardware and they do something cool with like the fingerprint reader under the glass or something crazy, but the camera's not clearly best in class anymore. 
So it's not a pixel, but it, it's, it's also 400 bucks. Is this great design feature solely? Because if it's that, I'll take whatever the other one is. <laughs> it's not, it's okay. not project solely. Um, but I feel sorry. like this I'll, is a choice Google isn't necessarily trying to make right now, but it's an interesting variable to consider. Yeah, I think um, I find it would find it very surprising if they ever took a step down in cameras because True. cameras easily what's pulling Google up right now. And that's software. what's keeping them in. Yeah, that and software. So like as long it's going to have a nice camera, it's going to have a good software experience. Uh, I would probably still pick the camera. The camera If one? it was 400 bucks. I mean, I don't need super gimmicky stuff. I don't care that it, it looks and feels like a uh, flagship, but I think some people do. Some people are like, hey, there's all these people around me that have these flagship phones and and I want to also have one, but I'm in a situation where I can't afford that. So I think that's a that's where Redmi comes in and, and or those phones that are designed to feel like flagships and then spec down a little bit. Yeah. That's where those come in great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I would pick the camera just because I can deal with something a little slower. And then I would probably use it for a week and be like, I made the worst decision. <laughs> it's so slow. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's go to the next category, which we have best battery, Asus ROG phone two. This was again a hands down for me. Uh, I've mm -hmm. used a lot of phones over a lot of different time and a lot of different um, versions. And I also gave my honorable mention to the fastest charging phone because I've, okay. always, in I've always sort of included that in the calculus for best battery. But, uh, you know, OnePlus phones having dash charging and Oppo phones having VOOC charging. The Oppo Reno Ace had Super VOOC 2.0, 65-watt fast charging, which was this insane, like, 0 to 130 minutes type of deal. Love that. But the 6,000 milliampere battery on the ROG Phone 2 dominated. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. It was just, I could use it for two straight days in 120 hertz. And if I turned it down to 60 hertz, uh -huh. which a lot of other flagships are 60 hertz. Yeah. So it sounds like bad that I have to turn it down. But mm -hmm. when you turn it down to 60 hertz, this phone just goes forever. Yeah. I think there was someone who said, oh, you have to turn it down to, to get all the good battery life. It's like, no, you don't have to turn it down. You're yeah. easily getting a full day at 120 hertz, double the refresh rate of most phones. But say, you know, you're going out for the weekend, you're not coming home, you get to where you're going and you look in your bag and like, oh man, I forgot my charger. There's no charger, yeah. no problem. Whatever, I'll bump it down to 60 hertz, which is still the same as every other phone, most phones out there. Think of it this and way. And I'll, I'll make it. Think of it this way. If you could have, uh, people were pointing to like iPhone 11 or Note 10 plus. Mm -hmm. Think of if you could turn that phone up to 120 hertz. How and, insane that would and be. And have a 6,000 milliamp hour battery. That's, it's just in another class. Yeah. So that was a no brainer for me, ROG Phone 2. And then I gave my uh, my honorable mention to iPhone 11. And, uh, or I guess that was my runner up was the iPhone 11, the, the longest lasting iPhone, really close with iPhone 11 Pro Max at this point, because they've included, the iPhone 11 Pro Max got like a several hour boost in battery. Uh -huh. And the iPhone 11 got an hour boost in battery, but it's still been better in my experience. And then you have the super fast charging phones. So all those phones together, good stuff. Yeah, I think the only other argument, and I have a rebuttal to that, is that the ROG Phone 2 doesn't have wireless charging. And wireless, like, yeah. That should be part of the battery award. And I agree it should be. The thing about wireless charging is it's convenient to like top off at parts in the day. I'm somebody who uses wireless charging and I wouldn't want to go back off of that, but I don't need a wireless charger if I'm yeah. guaranteeing it's making it through the day every single day i'll plug yeah. it in at night that i don't need to just lay it down at night i can plug it in but it's when i have to plug it in at my desk and in my car yep. and here and there 
you don't with ROG phone. Right, and I, I mentioned this actually in the ROG phone review, it changed the way I use phones. Mm -hmm. In a, a normal range for a phone battery, I'm constantly thinking about, all right, does it have wireless charging? All right, I can top it up at my desk, or oh, I'll just put it on the wireless charging pad at night, and I have this fast charger in my car. So, you know, I combine all these things and I can go all day. The ROG phone doesn't have wireless charging. It doesn't even really have very fast charging, but it just didn't matter. Yeah, it, <laughs> it doesn't. just doesn't matter. I start the day with 100% and I end it at 77 and it just straight up doesn't matter that <laughs> I don't have wireless charging. So yeah, uh, that was, yeah. Wireless charging is normally a part of the calculus, but when the battery is so big yeah. that it doesn't matter, then you it can just neglect wins. that part of it completely. Yeah. So there you have it. So that brings us to most improved. And the most improved winner with uh, its third trophy of the night was the Asus ROG Phone 2. Yeah. This one, I think you could convince me of any other phone winning. This was like the most random one, I think. No I disagree. real huge winner. Okay. Um, I compare this super similar to last year where everyone agreed with us. Razer Phone 2 made big steps from Razer Phone 1 and right. one most improved. I think what people aren't doing is looking at the... F they're seeing something wins an award. That's a phone that's not super widely used compared to Samsung, Apple... Google. Everyone's got to be one of those, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so like it deserves it because last year I remember going over ROG phone to or the first ROG phone, we were like, wow, these specs are great. And like, there's a lot of really cool things about it. And then the minute we, we used it and we're like, I just don't know. Like, I don't think I could use it. Yeah. Zen um, UI kind of held it back. Zen yeah, UI was a little bad. over the top. And then Asus listened to what everyone said and they put pretty much all of that while keeping their vision of this gaming phone. Um, and then they come back out, they ditch Zen UI, they give us a 6,000 milliamp hour battery, they give us the 100, it was 120 hertz last year, but this year it's 120 hertz OLED, which is the first one we saw in any phone, right. which is amazing. They just, and they kept the headphone jack, they, they listened to what they wanted and it made the biggest jump from last year. I think some people, I know Viper mentioned it, argue that the iPhone 11 was a, good jump from the iPhone 10s and it was but mm -hmm. i think the the ROG phone 1 was so much further down than the than the right. 10s yeah. and then jumped to the ROG phone 2 which is amazing whereas the jump from 10s to 11 was much smaller yeah and so so think of it uh when you think of most improved award in sports what do you think of you think uh, it of doesn't like get given out as much i know our we play a a Frisbee league called McCuddle, um, uh -huh. which is just like a summer league and they usually do most improved. And it's usually someone who was like a rookie last season that spent their entire off season practicing nonstop and came back the next year and We're looked like, great Wow, you look nothing like last year, man. Yeah. You're killing it. And yeah. that's what this was. The ROG, Asus makes phones, but ROG phone was our new phone. Like that was their first step at this gaming phone or whatever. Yeah. They saw what happened to it just like Razer did the year before. They reached out and asked for what people wanted like differently and they took that advice and they actually changed it could you imagine if pixel 4 did that this year oh man um man yeah uh, i when i think of most improved player in sports i think of basketball a lot i think of like the guy who is like coming off the bench like sixth guy seventh man yeah who comes back the next year like pascal siakam and is just a dominant player suddenly and you're like he, he changed a yeah. lot uh he clearly listened to coaches and he got better and now he's an impact player and I think when you look at, my runner up was the iPhone. Yeah. And it's it's tough because a lot of times you'll see a great player make a big improvement mm -hmm. and he's an even more dominant player like iPhone XS to iPhone 11 Pro, major battery gains, major camera gains. How can you not give it most improved? 
but that guy was already a starter yeah. and he's still a starter, but now he's having more impact. But like, I don't know, when you look at someone who came off the bench, like the ROG phone was just not an option for most people last year. Yeah. And now suddenly it's the best big phone mm-hmm. and the best battery you can get. Like those huge, huge improvements, I think are what pushed me over the top. So, you know, I think I could be swayed, but that's where I was at for most improved I, award. That to me is one of the most obvious okay. awards. Uh, yeah, I think... It's so hard. I remember when the first ROG phone came in and there was someone from Asus here Asus here talking to us about it and why they chose Zen UI and, and how it is better than all these things. Yeah. And then they make that decision after they hear all these things that the fans disagreed. That's a that's a big step. You know like, what I want to see? What? Because they gave you, they didn't ditch Zen UI. They gave you the option to well, choose yeah. one or the mm-hmm. other. I would love to see if they have the numbers, what people chose. Yeah. Where is that percentage? Super interesting. That um, interesting. This phone is something that I think is just going to get better and better. And I think, I think with a couple other changes, it could actually be a phone we're seeing people, a lot of people using soon. Early candidate for most improved 2020. This is how it could win 2020. Uh, the same uh, ROG? Yeah. Okay. ROG Phone 3 could win 2020 if it gets IP rated. Okay. Um, uh, I, I like want it to be closer to bezel-less, but I don't want to lose front dual front facing Keep the speakers. speakers. Okay. Yeah. Um, the design. They got to tone that down to sell to more people. Okay. Here's my theory on that is really, really cool computers now are going the clean look. Oh, they're RG- selling to the, okay. RGB is becoming less and less of a thing. And I think it's becoming more of like super clean, all the same colors and everything matches. Mm-hmm. If they just did a real, like Razer phone to a really nice glass back with a the ROG logo is awesome, and that could just glow different colors. Mm-hmm. And then you could also add wireless. So IP, wireless charging, cleaner design. Okay. And a nice camera, please. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of the worst. If it could somehow come into a nice camera, then that yeah, easy twenty twenty. Okay. Most improved. Yeah, I, if you gave me the ROG Phone two right now with the iPhone eleven or the Pixels camera, I would use that phone right now. Yeah, that's how much I like it. So give me the software updates. I'm I'm into it. So next up was the design award. And this yeah. one, this one changes every year. It means something different. Is it the best build quality? Is it the best design, industrial design? The least breakable one. Clearly, it's not the least breakable one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gave the design award to the Samsung Galaxy Fold, and the reason is because I think it's the most important design. Obvious caveat here. Uh-huh. People, uh, people broke it. Yeah. But these people did not buy the phone. This was reviewers who got it in the couple of days where they were sending out the first wave of units. And then they started to break and they sent them back and then they made some improvements and then shipped it a couple months later as the first legitimately, I think, good to go, you can buy this today folding phone. I, mm-hmm. I would not buy the Royal Flex no, Pi. No, no, no. I wouldn't even buy the Huawei Mate X right now in a lot of places, especially in the US. So Galaxy Fold folds in half, has a seven inch screen in your pocket. This is also a candidate for most improved because there's tons of things you can nitpick about it, but I love the risk Samsung took here, and I think it's the most important phone of 2019 because of its design. So, yeah, so you're saying that innovation is part of the design award? Uh, yeah, innovation and just risk-taking in design, basically. Okay. Yeah, and I gave my runner-up to Galaxy Note 10, the smaller Note 10, which is really nice. This is another one where I think you could say Galaxy S10 and S10 Plus were snubbed because those were also really, really nicely designed phones in pretty much all the same ways as a Note 10. Yeah. So that's, I just, Samsung's just filling up the design chart. Uh, yeah, we had a couple of responses uh, for okay. this one. Go for it. Yeah, Marquez, hi, Andrew. 
uh, best wishes for the season. And yeah, I just wanted to say that yeah, you have already placed the award so nicely. Uh, but uh, I have a suggestion. Uh, I think the design award uh, is equally, uh, you know, belonging to Samsung Galaxy S10 or as or the S10 Plus. You know, in the world of notches for 2018, they have they came up with a notchless. We can say notchless design. Uh, you know, it is equally uh, beautiful. And yeah, that's my say. Peace. Yeah, biggest snub for sure. Galaxy yeah. S10, S10 Plus. And, and you're right. Also, it, it came out earlier in the year, and they were pretty expensive, but they were among the first to do the whole punch that the Note yeah. later got. And if you ask me to buy an S10 Plus or a Note 10, I think I would buy the S10 Plus because I, I just take the bigger battery and I don't need the stylus. Mm-hmm. Um, and the headphone jack. And the headphone jack. So, yeah, if you're if you're talking about biggest snubs, I'm kind of with you. I probably could have replaced my runner-up of Note 10 with Galaxy S10 Plus. I like that. All right, so we had uh, another response with a different suggestion for winner of this. Oh, okay. So let's see what you think. Hey, Marquez. Hey, Andrew. Good job, you guys, on the uh, Smartphone Awards. Uh, I'm wondering if maybe in the design category we can give a special nod to the Zenfone 6. Uh, fair to say nothing else really looked like it this year. Um, handled the notch in a unique way. and uh, Well, I mean, the Galaxy Fold is a hell of a phone, but uh, I think this deserves an honorable mention. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, interesting. So Zenfone 6 had this swiveling camera at the top that flipped around and gave you the the high quality camera as a selfie camera. Um, I think it could have gotten a, an honorable, I think a lot of phones could have gotten honorable mentions, but this mm-hmm. one, this one for me was only held back because it was just such a big phone. It was, it was really okay. bulbous. And again, you can you can make a, a laundry list of complaints about the Galaxy Fold's design. I think yeah. it's sort of exempt because of the uniqueness of it, but um, I'm not against Zenfone 6. I think this is also one of the bigger snubs. I think I would have loved to have had a different bracket for the smartphone camera test, knowing how yeah. good it is. Um, I also think about whether or not I would use that phone in general, and, uh-huh. I, and I think it, it was just a little big and a little bit clunky feeling, but I do appreciate the the way they attack the notch in a different way. Maybe if it was a bit smaller. Huh. Yeah, I, I think they attacked the notch really well, and we saw that those cameras did do well in the test, so the fact that then I get that as a selfie... Yeah. And there's also this like super super niche. You can control the camera and oh, like, take a panorama buttons. or something. Yeah. Like someone might be able to do something really interesting with that. But yeah, it's a different way for the notch. Um, everyone always worries about moving parts, but yeah, everything we've tried, it, it seemed totally fine. I, I don't see any issues with right. how it did it, rather than just a little pop up camera. Yeah. So at the beginning, if you take Galaxy Fold out of all of this, and you just had to say, what's the best designed phone of the year? That was a really tough call yeah. because you're like, all right, I don't think I can pick something that just got rid of the headphone jack. I don't think I can pick something that has a huge, ugly notch, right? I got to do something that doesn't have that. Okay, so we're at where I got. So then you're in the world of like moving parts of like pop up uh-huh. cameras and swiveling cameras, and none of them really broke. So I guess that's fine too. I think I have more confidence in the pop up camera than the swivel to not break, but maybe okay. that's just me. Um, yeah, I look at the Samsung stuff and they, they kept it pretty good. One plus 7T, if it had a less ridiculously terrible looking camera bump, I think could have been considered huh. two. Yeah. Just a teardrop notch and it's a flat. You know, so there's there's a bunch of possible considerations for 
like literally just best designed phone. Yeah. I think people would have hated iPhone just because like the stove top on the back and the huge notch and the same design for the past three years isn't going to yeah, cut it for design award. Should have won it. Um, so yeah. I do have to say, and you mentioned moving parts before and pop-up cameras, like it was definitely something everyone was very nervous about at first. And I'm right. really glad to see, I don't, I don't recall any big news articles or anything saying that there's a broken after X amount of time. So it seems like they're all holding up really well. Yeah. Um, way better than the original folding part yeah. of the Galaxy Fold. Yeah. Because uh, it's just one of those things where you see those tests done by a machine in a lab where you saw the Galaxy Fold folding and you saw the, the OnePlus selfie camera opening a million times. You wonder in everyday use how that'll hold up. And it seems like all these moving parts have held up really well. Yeah. Conceal them the best you can and uh, hopefully they don't get any debris in them. So yeah. there it is. Uh, speaking of debris, bust of the year. Yeah. <laughs> We arrive at the the one negative award we give every year. This one was, this one was uh, Pixel Four, and I, yes. I did give an honorable little runner up there. But the Pixel Four won the bust of the year. And I, are there people who disagree with this one? Or no? There are a lot. Oh, um, really? I don't think I can. I don't think we have time <laughs> to put all the videos in for this, so we might add put one or two in. Okay. Um, well, I mean, this one was just the, the delta between the expectations and the deliverable. I have a lot to say about this. As a Pixel 4 user, yeah. I have a lot to say about this. Well, I want to hear it. Uh, I mean, first of all, I would say I persuaded you very hard to make sh to make this bust of the year. I yeah, think yeah. you originally had something else I in mind. I had the FlexPi as my winner okay. for yeah, bust yeah, of the year. And yeah. I, I uh, tried very hard to change your mind. And actually, <laughs> I didn't think you even did. And I remember the trophies came in. I went, oh. <gasps> You gave it to Pixel, and yeah. I was like, "It deserves, it deserves it." Um, mm -hmm. Fair warning: the Pixel Four is a fine phone. If you have the Pixel Four and you're enjoying it, you should enjoy it. It's that's it's fine enough. Yeah, it's like, I. In terms of the two phones that I used uh, the most in like the last couple months of the year, um, basically it came down to like, okay, I need higher fresh rate. It's clearly come down to this. Mm -hmm. um, between ROG Phone Two, Pixel Four and OnePlus 7T Pro. And uh, I kept coming back to Pixel because of that camera. I've been using the Pixel really often. It's clearly not a bad phone, um, but performance started to go down on me and I'm, I'm just so done with dealing with that. Uh -huh. So I, I was back to OnePlus 7T Pro. Yeah, it's, it's like people see bust of the year and they think it's gonna be this complete garbage phone, which is like, that's what the FlexPi was. It was terrible. And it's what the hydrogen was last year. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, well, the hydrogen performs better than the FlexPi, at least. Like, True. it performed. Uh, at the FlexPi is worked. truly the worst phone we've seen in a long time. Yeah. But I'm curious what people's. Uh, yeah, what people let's had to go say. in. All right. So, here's someone's take on why Pixel should not have been Bust of the Year. What's up? I'm KDHD. My name is Armand. I think the Bust of the Year should have been the Royal FlexPi. It was absolute garbage phone. The hardware was horrible. The, the software kept glitching out every time you fold it and it was just so big and clanky. On the other, on the other hand, the Pixel had an amazing camera. Even though the telephoto was great, still had a pretty great can camera. The screen was much better than the last one. And the, and the software was pretty good and the hardware was pretty good. So I think the bust of the year should have been the Royal FlexPi. So I feel like after I watched that video, I came up with kind of like an analogy of why we picked Pixel 4 as Bust. Think this is bust of the year, not worst phone of the year. Right. So when you look in sports, you you would never like people call players busts all the time. Young players. Like the number two draft pick that yeah, never like even four scored. years later is like 
getting benched some games yeah. and not, or healthy scratched. So you would never give a call a player a bust if they were picked in the tenth round. <laughs> so like, which the flex pie is not like a first much. round pick. The 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 flex pie wasn't this like crazy advertised phone that we were all like, oh my god, here's a folding phone. This is going to be amazing. We saw it at CES. We heard like, oh, they they have a folding phone. Let's try it. And the minute we touched that thing, we were like. Oh, CES. Oh, Lord. That's what it was. <laughs> that phone was perfect for CES. Yeah. Look what we made. We're not going to sell it, but like, check it out. Phones can fold someday. And you're like, oh, neat. And yeah. then they put it on a shelf. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. So like nobody had expectations for FlexPi to be good. Fair. It, you can't bust if no one ever thought you were going to be good <laughs> in the first place. Whereas the okay. Pixel, you get all these rumors and it's hard to like blame Google that they didn't live up to rumors because we're at the point where so many people put out so many fake rumors about things that it's just, you're expecting the next. You're expecting a holy grail of a phone. Yeah, exactly. And it's not going to happen. But like we see the Pixel 4 and it was just the most meh response ever to the point where they, I feel like they even took features away. We go back to the fact that we lost unlimited full res, uh, unlimited full res photo storage. Mm -hmm. We lost our super wide angle selfie. We don't have portrait mode in wide anymore. I mean, I still like the notch better mm. uh, than the forehead. Mm, that's and a then, bold like, statement right there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've talked about that before in here, and I think you agreed with me, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, instead we got Soli, which I was actually really into Soli at first. I was like, I think this is a great idea, not for, like, the swipe features, but for the fact that when I go, it makes Face ID faster or Face Unlock faster, and it makes, like, turning my alarm off better. Now I can't stand it. That is actually, that's a little underrated. I think uh-huh. solely, or this face unlock is actually the one thing that was actively driving me away from the Pixel, mm-hmm. is like I just wanted like a quick, like a biometric, just let me unlock it like when I want to. Mm-hmm. I remember I, I get out my car sometimes and I just grab my phone and my backpack in one hand and I would like touch the screen as I do that, which would wake up the phone and then I would look at it and it would unlock and I'd just start pressing things as I was taking <laughs> it out the car and I just, I just wanted like a normal unlock experience and you know, I can do the pin and everything and keep turning it back off, but I switched away from it and I really don't miss it. Yeah, I have I have like two examples of why Soli makes me furious. <laughs> so let's just start bashing Pixel 4. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much, I mean, we're we're arguing our, our pick here. And yeah, like, right. So I have my wireless charger set up to like to the top left of my keyboard at work and at home. There's so many times where if I reach for like the escape key, I guess I go in Soli's little dome. Oh boy. And it goes, oh, hey, someone's trying to unlock this. And then it like kind of lights the screen up and then I catch it out of the corner of my eye and I look at my phone and now my phone's unlocked. <laughs> it's unlocked. I'm like, so then I have to lock it again or it's just going to be on for a while. And then the other thing I've had is in my car holder, which is like right over my radio in the middle of my car, okay. I've had it be unlocked before because Lord knows I probably is. looked at it or if it's connected to my Bluetooth, it's like smart trusted device um i've reached for like a water bottle in my passenger seat and it skipped my song before (laughs) like it's just all these things that oh man make me not very happy about solely and and the way i yeah it's funny because when i try to like swipe on purpose it like sometimes doesn't work (laughs) um yeah no i the funny part is like you're right the 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 commenter like the flex pie is a worse phone yeah it costs more you should never buy it but I think that argument that we're that we're sort of leaning on is like the delta between your expectations 
which may just, they may come from hype or they just may just come from like, hey, at the beginning of the year, what are the best phones probably gonna be? The iPhone, the Samsung, and the Pixel. So we're talking like top five draft pick at least. Yeah. And when it turns out to really not live up to that $900 price tag, no. that's when we're considering it a bust. Yeah, so, there are people that this phone will be great for, it, but it's yeah. so much harder to recommend to the average person, mostly because of battery life. Some people say they get great battery life out of it. Yeah. I don't. I would say most times I put it on my charger at night and I go to bed pretty early and uh, it stays on a charger almost all day. I'm at like 20%. And that's sitting on a wireless charger for a long time. Um, That's really hard to suggest. It's just, I don't know. The 90 hertz thing was what I was so excited for and I still don't even consider myself on a 90 hertz phone. (laughs) I don't force it because my battery life isn't great. Mm And I just don't really feel like it's 90 hertz at yeah, all. Yeah, I, so, I, it's really a very often 60 hertz phone, but hey, it's there a you have it. Yeah, it yeah. was supposed to be, that's why it's a bust. It was supposed to be top three. You know what this opens it's the door for? There. Yeah. Most improved award 2020, Pixel 5. <laughs> I'm just if saying. I hope, like with every bone in my body, I hope Pixel 5 is most improved. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I want this phone to be good so bad. All right. Well, you know, that was the title of the hydrogen interview and we saw what happened. So <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's take a quick break and we'll we'll come back and get fired up and talk about OnePlus 7 Pro being the MVP. And we'll probably have some some talks about that, too. Yeah. All right. Lot. Let's take a quick break. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI power gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is gonna change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution, like you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. This week on The Pitch, we're back to pitches. And this one's coming from my job. What Podcast AI does is it lets podcast producers 
become 10 times more productive. How much are you charging the pitch? <laughs> We're charging $99, and Josh came in right before we doubled our prices. Mm -hmm. What's keeping something like a restream from just going like, yep, we do all this AI now stuff too? So there's a lot of these older companies that are tacking on AI, mm -hmm. and that's kind of the issue, they're tacking it on. You built this really quickly. What's to stop anybody else from doing this? What's, what's the moat? How do you build a moat when you're building with AI? That's this week on The Pitch. Go right now and subscribe to The Pitch wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Tom Warren, senior editor at The Verge here. Microsoft is in an era-defining moment. It's betting on AI as the future of work, its Xbox business is going through transformational changes, and the Mac versus PC war is about to be back on. So I'm launching a newsletter called Notepad. It'll be your inside guide to all those changes and beyond. From details on the next Xbox to that one time every Microsoft employee named Michael appeared on a mysterious email list. Whatever is happening at Microsoft, you'll be able to read about it first in Notepad every Thursday. Go subscribe now at theverge.com forward slash notepad. All right, welcome back. Let's talk MVP. Yeah. Okay. This so is always fun. This is always uh, probably the, more, the most... I don't want to say controversial, but this yeah. is the one everyone cares about. It's the big mm -hmm. trophy, literally. So yeah. this is the one that gets the most fire. I, I just want to start by saying the MVP, and this is sort of what drives this whole conversation, is not necessarily the best phone for everyone because there is no best phone for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily the best overall phone. And I draw a lot of parallels to this and the way I think about it, uh, actually from basketball again, okay. in just... At any point during the season, there's like three or four, probably more, great arguments for an mm -hmm. MVP. And that could be, you know, best player on the best team. That's Giannis right now. Or it could be perennial all-time great player. It could be LeBron right now. It could be who is uh, historically hot right now. That's James Harden. Like, you could make a great argument yeah. for all of them. So in this case, I have OnePlus 7 Pro as my MVP for uh -huh. 2019. And of course, there are going to be great arguments for others. But that I think I'm I'm prepared to defend. Okay, <laughs> and I good. Think, I think ready, you're gonna have some. I think there's a lot. Do you know <laughs> okay. what? Actually, before we get into people disagreeing with you, okay, one place that seemed to agree with you almost unanimously on this. I'm sure there's a few people who didn't. Was Reddit. So Reddit doesn't always agree with us, and the R Android subreddit, which is what I was looking at this on, um, is generally kind of all over the place because when you see Android versus Apple, that's like pretty specific, like. Apple likes Apple because of Apple things. Right. Android doesn't just like Android because of Android things. Then you have your subcategories in oh, Android yeah. of the different phone companies. There's a and subreddit for every phone. So yeah. the Android subreddit itself is normally crazy, but <laughs> so many of the top comments agreed that they thought OnePlus was like, OnePlus 7, 7 Pro, Pro was one of the best phones this year, if not the best phone. So just the fact that this is a place that generally doesn't always agree with us and they took this video really well they thought all the explanations were great and that all of them could see why it got picked yeah that. good variety so. but i could easily see like and i'm sure we'll have plenty but uh, a variety of opinions about others that could just as easily yeah. be considered an mvp there's so always gonna be should we jump well here's what yeah. I'll, I'll give my explanation for why i chose it right up the top and yeah, then we'll go to that. see what people sure. say so here's why i picked one plus seven pro first of all uh, performance, and you get all the great stuff on paper, obviously. OnePlus 7T and 7T Pro came out later in the year, but just as far as setting the tone for the year about what they were going to do, you got Snapdragon 855, you got, I think it's 8 gigs of RAM, a uh, 4,000 milliamp hour battery, 
you got dash charging and it's missing like some of the things like a headphone jack and wireless charging like people always like to bring mm-hmm. up but the performance of oxygen os on that phone yeah. and the user experience was a plus the notchless display a little bit annoying that it was curved on the edges but i thought that was an excellent display 1440p pop-up camera the cameras and this is something i always say i'm, I'm trying to keep things about like where they appear on launch yeah and they were like decent to okay cameras but they were the worst part of the phone mm-hmm. but they have gotten a lot better with software updates and then the price and so this launched at 669 and 90 hertz was the the real separator for me so it, it became very obvious over the course of the year that you basically have higher refresh rate or not. And that was like a big part of why I either liked the phone or didn't. Mm. And since it's my awards, this is like one of the big things that was playing into my my consideration for MVP. So I mean, that's yeah. big, but like you say like 90, I know you don't mean it, but you're saying it like 90 hertz is the only reason it won. It didn't. The specs that this $669 phone has are the same specs that $1,000 phones have. It was all there. around a one like everything they yeah. did was either a or about to be a like yeah. b to b plus it's so. actually funny people said how did one plus seven pro not get a runner-up or honorable honorable mention in any category oh, but question. then win the overall and yeah. th- if you kind of look at the categories we have like the ones winning the camera those are like especially the pixel that's like kind of a one-trick pony at this point well just go through the categories it's not going to be best in class in best big phone it's not huge it's Mm -hmm. not going to be the best compact phone it's not compact right it's not the most improved player they've sort of had their thing for a couple years yeah the design i think is one place it could have stepped up and maybe gotten an honorable mention yeah having a fully bezel-less type of look and not having a notch and the pop-up camera and everything um but it sort of felt pretty standard and the camera hump on the back was fine didn't really stand out to me. I yeah. think you could have given it an honorable mention, but I chose not to. Uh-huh. So yeah, the categories were really about spikes in those places. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like in the car sense, like not a lot of Hondas or Toyotas are really blowing your mind, but when it comes down to like, I'm going to spend this amount of money. Overall and package. It will, yeah, overall, it's a car that's gonna last me forever and I'm always gonna be confident in my buying decision. That's what the OnePlus 7 Pro felt like. It's a Prius. <laughs> okay, so uh, no, no, that's definitely no, not a not true the statement. Complete opposite. Yeah. Um, but let's go. Let's get into disagreements because okay. I know there's some others. Also, I had I had some runner-ups, so I'll just toss those in yeah. there. I had iPhone 11 Pro. I had Samsung Galaxy Fold. I had. I think that's it. Okay, that's yeah. what we said in the video. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've been talking a little bit. You, I mean, now let's go into. What should we go into first? People, what people said, or other phones that people think got snubbed. I wanna hear arguments for other phones that should have won. Okay, let's go into a video first. Okay. This is from Viper, he's posted a lot about this. This seems to be his most concise argument, so we'll go over this one. Um, let's hear it, Viper. He's talked in a lot of different other ways, but we don't have time to go over <laughs> literally right. everything. All right, let's hear it. So Mark Camp wants to know why the OnePlus 7 Pro is the smartphone of the year in 2019. Where do I begin? Maybe I could begin with the suspect battery light? or the mediocre camera in comparison to a competition, or the lack of wireless charging, or the fact that it is priced so dangerously close to the iPhone 11 that the iPhone 11 runs circles around the OnePlus 7 Pro. Okay, so it sounds like he's saying iPhone 11 should have been uh, phone of the year over OnePlus 7 because of its shortcomings? I think, like, I don't know if that's exactly what he thinks should have been. Also, he says phone of the year, but it's... MVP, yeah, most valuable. So I think that right off the bat is a big distinction to make. Like, 
Well, there's a, it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter what you call it. Like I call it MVP, but it's also the smartphone of the year. Like it doesn't really matter what you call it as I long think as MVP you have a, takes into account price and like worth the, oh, that too. being worthy of sure. the price, like plays a little bit into it more than phone of the year where phone of the year, I feel like you don't really think about price. It's just flat out. What's the best phone. Best and phone of the I year. think that argument comes a little sure. differently when you can add $1,200 phones onto it. Sure. Um, but in terms of value, uh, so it seems like if he's honoring value at a $30 higher price tag with the regular iPhone 11, not the pro versions, mm -hmm. he thinks it runs circles around the, the OnePlus 7 Pro. So I think that's the main part of his argument here. Runs circles around the OnePlus 7 Pro. Okay, so I will give the iPhone the edge in the A11 department because mm -hmm. that chip is notoriously incredible. Um, but is there any other way that the iPhone runs circles Camera. around? Camera, I that's mean, a great. Ca okay. Camera's the biggest gap between the two, I think. For and sure. We've always known that with OnePlus. The thing is, is we say OnePlus is an okay camera. Okay is still really good in 2019. Like yeah. okay is still all that anybody, most people really need. So like if you're really getting down into the nitty gritty, like 4K 60 FPS video or maybe better portrait mode and stuff like that, then yeah, yeah. the iPhone might be better, but the OnePlus camera is not bad. It yeah. is just not as good as Pixel. I'd say or... today it's a B plus, but here's what, I'll, I'll give the two reasons that I'll okay. disagree with Viper. One is why I can't give MVP to iPhone 11. Okay. And two is to address his other, th his other points. Okay. I can't give MVP to iPhone 11 because of the display. And yep. there are, I, I, you know, it's, I'm going to be biased and just love pixels and love displays. And mm -hmm. you got to have a nice screen for me to enjoy using the phone. So I just couldn't give it to the iPhone 11 for that reason. Big notch, just not a great all around display for me. LCD 800p. Yeah. Right? just not a lot going for that screen. Um, and number two, he said, so I think he said suspect battery life was his word choice on that. Uh -huh. on a, I, I don't have any problems with the one plus seven pros battery life. It's a 4,000 milliamp hour battery. And uh, you are going to use a lot of power using a 1440p 90 hertz panel, but then also dash charging comes in yeah. uh, and was a big part of why I didn't have any problems with the battery. So I'm not going to say that that's anything I would hold against OnePlus 7 Pro. And then he said, uh, oh, wireless charging. Yes. Uh, wireless charging is one of those things that is a nice to have for me, but not necessary. And I think we went over this when we talked uh -huh. about the ROG phone yeah. where like certain phones could definitely benefit from it. Yeah. Um, especially with not great battery life if you just top it up all the time. But I I can't really, similar to the headphone jack, I can't really say it's necessary for me to call it MVP. So here's what's interesting to me is I, his argument, I think, can be taken and swapped around. His argument right now is that OnePlus still doesn't have wireless charging when it should have wireless charging mm. because to him, wireless charging is something that's very important. To you, high refresh rate is very important. Big deal. And iPhone doesn't have high refresh rate. Big deal. But it does have wireless charging. So like you can't say, hey, why don't you have wireless charging? You're you don't get to win. Well, when you, you could say, why don't you have a higher refresh rate? Yeah. You don't get to win. And you can. Like I'm sure some, yeah. I'm sure Viper is a big fan of wireless charging and that's mm -hmm. why he wants the MVP to have it. And there are a bunch of great phones this year that did have it. But here's what I'll say. The iPhone eleven and eleven pro, they are the fastest, smoothest sixty hertz phones. Mm -hmm. So they are really right at the top. They have 120 hertz refresh layer of touch that touch sensitivity so when you move your hand across the screen and, and move it back and forth it's responding mm -hmm. at twice as fast as a typical 60 hertz display that's refreshing the touch layer at, at 60 hertz so it's the smoothest 60 hertz phone but there's just something about those 90 hertz and 120 hertz phones that consistently feel smoother and faster and i would say the whole running circles around it part 
uh, is just negated. It just doesn't feel that way when you have a higher refresh rate. I think it's, I mean, yes, but there's also other reasons. I, in terms of running circles, I just thought I'd pull up a uh, a spec sheet. Now, I know specs aren't everything. All right, so just numbers here. Okay, yeah, just pure specs here. We're going to kind of go back and forth, see if any of these are, which is better, which is running circles, okay. et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so A13 Bionic versus Snapdragon A55. Okay, both the highest end at the time, but advantage Apple. Yep. Yeah. Okay, storage. I'm pretty sure this is base storage, 64 versus 128. Right, so double the base storage, advantage OnePlus. Yep. Sure. Uh, camera, there's numbers here, but I'm not going to read them because we all know Apple is much better. Are they both 12 megapixels, I think? Uh, both cameras on Apple are 12 megapixels. Then OnePlus goes 48, 16, 8. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, advantage yeah. Apple with the cameras. For sure. I would say that's the biggest place where it, quote unquote, runs circles around it. Yeah, an which A plus is, camera runs circles around a B camera, B plus camera, if you want to say that, sure. But I, yeah, advantage sure. is what I'd call that. Uh, battery, we have 3110 milliamp hours versus 4000 milliamp hours, but you've had more this, experience. This is a classic like numbers don't matter as much stat, just like megapixels. The iPhone, I'd say the iPhone 11 has better battery life mm -hmm. than the OnePlus 7 Pro, despite that having a bigger battery cell. Uh, but you also get wireless charging on the iPhone. You also have dash charging fast charging in the box on the cheaper OnePlus. So, you know, again, no circles being run at this point, mm -hmm. but I would say advantage Apple. Okay, so as, so far we're what, four specs in and three of them are to Apple so far? Right. Cool. Uh, next is we're gonna go to display and I'm just gonna kind of lump the whole display together. Well, yeah. So it's a 6.1 inch LCD 800p notched display. With bezels. Yeah, with bezels on the side. Yep. Versus a 6.67 inch notchless 1440p amoled 90 hertz it's not close like that's running circles yeah, that's that's running, running circles, circles. Okay. that is just on a whole nother level yeah um, so uh advantage one plus okay and then ram four gigs versus six gigs eh, that's base that's um, about the same if you're talking about like equivalent on an android phone yeah that's about the same I'd thing i'd call that very close the both phones were launching around 700 bucks so iphone yeah, 11 launched like at six, 700 699 yeah. mm -hmm. and OnePlus 7 Pro launched at 669. Uh, I, I think those phones are pretty much even as far as like experience and what you're getting for the money, to which point it comes down to iOS versus Android. What is better for you? Yeah. No way I can answer that for everyone viewing this, but I don't think any one of those phones is obviously a better buy than the other until you consider what's valuable to you. Yeah, I think both of these phones especially at that price range, if we're talking about value for MVP, are both super valuable, super worth it phones to buy in 2019. But to say that you can't see why the other phone is worthy of that is just insane to me. Yeah, listen, okay. I'm I'm gonna just break it down to the simplest reason why OnePlus 7 Pro was phone of the year. Software experience, so I'm talking Oxygen OS, and Your phone 10. of the year also. Just sorry, OnePlus 7 Pro is my phone of the year. Okay, yeah. For me, I value things like camera, display, performance, and software. And this phone was great at all these things. It had a pretty good camera. It had great software experience. Oxygen OS, I think, alongside Pixel, is about the best Android gets. But then you also have 90 hertz, and you have the optimization OnePlus has put in there. It's the fastest, snappiest feeling phone. And so having that for the money right off the bat is awesome. Then you have a pretty great battery life, you have dash charging, and then you have, on top of all that, the low price. Uh, I don't see any phone being better 
for me for that. Yeah. For, and it's my award show, so I'm biased. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's going to be other people who would have different MVPs, but that's where I'm at. I'm kind of interested. I would be shocked if nobody thought like iPhone 11 Pro Max should have been MVP because it's just the best phone. I think there are people that think that actually Viper probably thinks that as well. I think there are people who think that and I think it's a great argument. I think he just wanted to bring it down into the the value aspect of it. Okay, um, sure. And like compare something closer. I think he's, him and some other people I've seen um, have said that they don't think the OnePlus 7 Pro is even in top five phones of the year. And they think that's in that's uh, tough man. i don't want to put too many words in their mouth but i'm pretty sure from one of the videos i read or watched said it was an easy choice to not even put that in top five of the year okay for my nba fans i'm going to assign <laughs> mvp candidates to current nba players how about that sure so i won't understand any of this okay that's uh, it'll be i'll explain it a little bit okay cool okay so the iphone 11 pro is lebron james okay right he's the best player in the world he has been the best player in the world for years. Mm-hmm. He had a little bit of a decline last year, and that's when everyone swooped in and decided to make arguments that he's not the best player in the world already, but he's the player of the decade. The iPhone's a player of the decade. It's easy to make an argument that LeBron's the MVP, just like it's easy to make an argument that the iPhone 11 Pro is the best phone. So I accept that. Okay, then I'll go to something like uh, the Galaxy Fold. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go, this is hilarious. I'm gonna go, <laughs> James Harden is the Samsung Galaxy Fold. He's kind of breaking the game right now, no pun intended, <laughs> where like he's he's historically great at a couple of things, which are getting to the free throw line and making and shooting a lot of three-pointers and doesn't really worry about the other things. And to me, this Galaxy Fold being like the first phone that's going, okay, you know what? We're folding it in half. This is a new concept, a new idea. We'll see if it works. And the fact that it's off the ground and working is amazing. James Harden, you can make an argument right now, is MVP. Leads the NBA in scoring by a mile. And then chokes when it gets released or hits the Possibly, playoffs. exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's all I know about that. He gets in the playoffs, which is releasing the phone, and it's ah, a little a little bit different, a little shaky, but yeah. that's that's another one. Then we'll go uh, Galaxy Note 10 plus is Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo. This dude's 6'10", absolute freak, massive, great use of space, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting to the bucket no matter what. He doesn't really have a jump shot meaning he's not playing as well as smaller players in certain areas. Mm -hmm. But if you just want the best big possible, just get like, get a Giannis, man. Just get, just get an ROG phone or a Note 10. That's Giannis. Okay. Um, So those are, that's a legit argument too. And then I'll go one more, which is going to be, I think I can weirdly assign the ROG phone to, to Luka Doncic right now because he's young. Mm -hmm. And the ROG phone too is the second phone they've ever made. And they're kind of young and they're kind of new to it, but they lit it up on the spec sheet. And if you look at at Luca across the numbers, Mm -hmm. dude's averaging 30 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. He's leading a team into the playoff picture that shouldn't be there. Suddenly, Asus got three awards this year. Yeah. So Asus ROG Phone 2, that's Luca. You can make a real argument he's the MVP right now. And I couldn't really strongly disagree. Like, yo, LeBron runs circles around Luca. Like, well, they're both incredible. Like, there's no real obvious choice for MVP which is why it's just going to come down to my own values and what I like as a player and who I like watching. So I'll say one plus seven. Let me pick a player now. For the one plus seven pro, so you're looking at more like a speedster. You're looking at more like a Steph Curry type when he was like the the 2015, 2016 unanimous MVP version where like, again, he's just faster than you. He's going to beat you in a certain couple of ways and maybe he's not the strongest and maybe he's not 
like posting people up or anything like that, but he's got a couple things he does really, really well and is clearly valuable for his team. And what you get for the money, because he's being underpaid, is definitely worth huh. it. So there's there my argument. Go. There's my, my MVP collaboration. I don't even know what to call that, but that's <laughs> that's what I'll say is my justification. There are several MVPs that are legit, awesome players, um, but I'm go- I'm picking my Steph Curry 2015-2016. I think we were, we definitely totally understand that there are other people who think there's a smartphone of the year out there, but it shouldn't be that much big of a surprise that that was your pick. And yeah. it's totally worthy of being in that conversation, yeah. which some people apparently don't think it is. But yeah. anyways, let's go. We have one other person on Twitter who okay. said something about MVP. Actually, two more. Hey, Marcus. Happy New Year. Thanks for giving us this chance. Uh, I just think that the phone which doesn't have the best camera or is not among uh, top two, three of this category should not be the MVP of the year. Um, and that's it. Cheers, mate. Plain and simple. I like yeah. it. You got to have a top camera to be a top MVP candidate. And that is a great point. And I think a lot of people would agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is sort of similar to the argument like, you can't give Giannis the MVP if you can't shoot. Um, I would argue you got to have higher fresh rate to be an MVP. And that's just my, again, bias is a word I like yeah. to use, but like that's just what I value in a phone. Um, I think the OnePlus 7 Pro camera was pretty good. It And I think a lot of people just like, I think I said it's the worst part about the phone in my video, which made people that's think it's like thing. bad, yeah, but yeah. like it's really not that no. bad. Um, so yeah, that, that would be my counter argument is, hey, you can win MVP without a jump shot. You can win best, m- most valuable phone of the year if you have higher fresh rate. You don't necessarily have to have the best camera. Yeah, so you're looking at the things that you value, which is also pretty crazy to me. I th- and I think people watching this, knowing you're such a, a camera person and a pixel peeper and all that, they're assuming you're going to pick one of the best cameras well, yeah, out there. Right. Um, but I think that just speaks more to how great the user experience is on OnePlus 7 because you are someone who wants to have the best. I've watched you multiple times switch between like try the Pixel 4 again because it has a great camera. And then I just, a couple days later, watch you swap your synth back yep. out. Um, yep. So you have to pick kind of what is going to feel the best to you. And if that part that's lacking, it, as long as it's not lacking enough that it ruins the rest of the experience, right? it's fine. Like you're you're gonna make your sacrifice for the OnePlus 7 Pro the sacrifice is the camera, but it's not that big of a sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah, if you you could put the the absolute greatest camera, you could if you redid the Red Hydrogen and it had the greatest camera any smartphone had ever seen, incredible photos and videos, but it had like a 30 hertz display and like it was like the trash the rest of the user experience, I don't I couldn't use it as my daily phone. Mm-hmm. Like I'd really not be able to keep using the rest of the phone all the time. How yeah. often are you taking pictures versus how often are you looking at pictures, scrolling through Instagram, emailing and like calling, texting, all this other stuff you do on your Mm -hmm. phone. So that's where I'm at. All right. So we have one other person who has a different suggestion for MVP or at least an honorable mention. And we kind of talked about this phone before. So let's give him a shot and we'll respond. One is in the smartphone awards is that why wasn't the Galaxy S10 Plus considered the winner or even an honorable mention for MVP of this year? Comparing with the OnePlus 7 Pro, both of these phones now are reduced in the price, but the S10 Plus has more features. 
it still kept the headphone jack it still has expandable storage via micro sd and it has the capability of having fast wireless charging and reverse wireless charging so i'm interested in your views and points and yeah merry christmas 100 percent, merry christmas uh i'm with you on galaxy s10 plus snub of the year mm -hmm. in like pretty much all the categories it sat there on my desk didn't win anything but I think was a bit overshadowed by the Note, like because of how similar they are. Yeah. Um, so he's right. So this phone has wireless charging, reverse wireless charging, if you're into that, has, I would say, slightly better cameras than the OnePlus. But it also launched at $900, bucks. So. It is tough to say both has, have been reduced in price because right. we don't like to take that into consideration. But Right. But it is true if you're going to like literally pick which one to buy, you should, you should consider that. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I think if Samsung's phones this year had high refresh rate, we would be having a totally different picture oh, as far as these I forgot phones. To, I forgot to ask that question. Yeah. So just going back into like phone of the year or MVP, whatever, if the iPhone 11 Pro or the iPhone 11 or the Note 10 had 90 hertz. Had 90 hertz? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'd that's, love those that's phones. That's the winner. Yeah. I would love those. I would be using probably the Note 10 right now if uh -huh. it had 90 hertz. Yeah. So like OnePlus 7 Pro instantly gone if one of those has higher I don't know. Rate. I don't know about instantly gone, but okay. that's such a big factor for me. So like you look at, so that phone was, the Note 10 Plus was 1100 bucks. So mm -hmm. at that point yeah. I'm looking like, you gotta have higher refresh rate for me to even think about it at that price. Um, if you go down all the way to Galaxy S10 and you have higher refresh rate and you have all those other things and it's 800 bucks. And I, I think that's a phone you definitely consider for phone of the year. Yeah. Um, and you know, I did give an honorable mention to the iPhone 11 Pro. Without higher refresh rate, I gave Galaxy Fold for the design an honorable mention, but I, I, I think that's really the theme of this entire hour and a half huh. is I really like high refresh rate at the expense of some other things because that overall experience gets that much better when your refresh rate is 50% higher and even double with the 120 hertz. So yeah, I would say uh, Galaxy S10 Plus snub of the year, but I'm crossing my fingers for higher refresh rate stuff from Samsung. Because they made the they made the panels. That would be awesome. And I mean, Samsung screens have always just looked like yeah. the best. They've they, been best in class displays. Yeah. yeah. So there we have it. So what have we learned? If we wrap uh, this whole thing up, uh, you know what? I I will say this. Everyone's got different values. I've probably said this exact like thing before, but everyone probably has different. Probably in this podcast. Yeah, probably <laughs> already today. Everyone has different values about what they actually really like in a smartphone. So for my award show, I gave my winners based on what I valued. We had some design stuff, best big phone, best smart small phone, all that stuff. I think uh, if you listening to this had your own personal smartphone awards, you could make a very legitimate argument for seven totally different phones. You mm -hmm. could have a different bust of the year, you could have a different big phone, different small phone, and you'd be totally right. And that's the beauty of it, is everyone can have their own set of values and and line up things on a chart based on those values and uh i'm just glad everyone got to participate a little bit and talk it out yeah <laughs> it's been a good yeah that that was a lot of fun so um, hopefully we get to do this again next year because <laughs> the blind smartphone camera test gets that much more interesting every year mm -hmm. and the smartphone awards gets that much more hype every year so i am fully ready for 2020 to be the year of the high refresh rate iphone the most improved pixel the mm. the all these other you know big small phones all getting better and uh maybe some more phones fold in half i'm looking forward to a couple gaming phones coming out and and maybe making more of a a stay in the smartphone market i would love to see a razor phone 3 
from mm-hmm. improvements they did from one to two, and I would love to see an ROG Phone three. Yeah, um, both of those coming out, and they're like we've said in both of the reviews, they're proving that specs from gaming phones are what a lot of just enthusiasts want, even if they don't want a game on it. And I think if they can take that next step into being just a little more mainstream with the specs they're offering, we could have some really, really cool phones. Yeah, I'm excited. We should just rebrand those as media phones. Anyway, okay, well, that's about it. Hey, thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in on Twitter. We'll catch you guys in 2020 with the next episode of Waveform. There's, of course, a couple of videos left on the channel for the rest of the year you should check out too. But this has been Marquez. And this has been Andrew. Thanks for listening. Yeah, happy new year, everyone. Waveform Podcast is brought to you by Studio 71 and the intro outro music is brought to you by Cameron Barlow.